0: Hello, everyone. Andrew Clayton, and welcome to today's episode of Eighty Twenty with Prado Health. Today, we have a special episode. We're going to mix up our format a little bit. We are broadcasting from San Diego, where we are currently hosting our legendary members meeting. So a special opportunity for us to get together with a couple of members to allow them to, to share their stories and experiences and perspectives on being self-insured, being a member of The Captive. We also have a special guest host today. Jack Longstreth from Pareto is joining us as Andrew Cavanaugh is mending his his broken chicken wing. So special thanks to our our two guest members, uh, Kim Bauer, who is VP of HR for Ultra Federal Credit Union, and Lisa Lavonger, who is also VP of HR for Wasatch Property Management. Thank you both very much for joining us. We are at our legend um, at our legend members' meetings, and we've invited two of our members to join us today. So uh, I think Jack can do introductions, but Kim, Lisa, we're really thrilled to have you here. Thanks so much.
1: No, yeah, we got Kim Bauer, VP of HR at Ultra Federal Credit Union, uh, and Lisa Lemon. Can Levin- you prefer that
0: Jack introduces you, or you tell us a little bit of your backstory?
1: Yeah, i we'll <laughs> <you that> <laughs> Sure, yeah, so I'm Kim I'm the Vice President of Human Resources with the Ultra Federal Credit Union.
2: We have 500 employees across six different states, and we've been in business for 90 years.
0: Wow, awesome. And which states?
2: Oh, goodness. Uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Tennessee, Texas, New Jersey, and Colorado are
3: where we have...
0: Nice, businesses. nice. Jersey was last on the list? Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Great. Lisa?
3: I'm going to introduce myself? Yeah. Okay. I'm Lisa Levenger, Uh, I'm the VP of HR for the Wasatch Group. Um, What about us? We do all kinds of things. I actually run multiple benefits plans. The group that's inside of the Pareto Captive, we have about 700 employees in that group. Um, We've also got some small group plans, Uh, It just kind of depends on the day as to who we throw where.
0: And what does Wasatch do?
3: Oh, what does Wasatch do? (laughs) Um, a little bit of everything. The Wasatch Group, the group that's inside of this captive is mostly real estate. So commercial, residential, we've got some construction companies, um, we've got some tech groups, software.
0: So it's been an eventful couple of years for you guys, I imagine.
3: It has been. It's, it's been very interesting to see how COVID has impacted our businesses.
1: So you guys both came from self-funded uh, previously before you joined the captive. Can you talk a little bit about what was the thought process uh, of joining? What was the reasons?
3: So we actually ended up joining Pareto because we had a large climate. Um We got hit with a big renewal. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, had a hemophilia. We were going to have a laser. Um, so that was kind of initially the drive when we started looking at Pareto and the options there. Um, we had an, an interesting situation that we were able to actually carve that off, take that group, put them in the, the small group market, which made the transition into Pareto a possibility. Um, so that was our story.
2: Yeah, and we've been fully insured, or self-insured, we've been self-insured for, I yeah. don't for 15 years. Um, our first experience going self-insured wasn't super positive because of our TPA was kind of a, a rough TPA experience, and then at the timing was right to go back fully insured for a little while again. Um, But we moved again self-insured and we've been there ever since and we've really just enjoyed the flexibility of what you can do with your plan design and carving things out and really building the plan how you want to build it. Um, It also allowed us to be pretty innovative with what we've tried to do with our plan and um, feel like we've been pretty cutting edge with what we've been able to do with our plan. Um, but why we joined Pareto is, um, just to have more of that cost containment standpoint there. So being a smaller employer, we have still a lot of volatility with our renewals. And so we're just hoping to have more, um, you know, pretty steady, steady renewal process here. And then also just credit unions were we're all about a cooperative model and we really appreciate the cooperative model of the captive as well.
0: Awesome. That's great. And, th- and thanks for sharing and sharing some of your background and experience. Um, one thing that i think our members share with us lessons learned where at least the the laser i don't know if it caught you by surprise or not or the possibility of it um, but I, I think employers sometimes think that hey we're running great everything is is on the tracks um, but it can be simple as you're one either hire away or marriage uh, away in terms of um adding adding a dependent or, or to your plan that can totally change the dynamics of your risk and your risk profile um, so i don't know if there's really a great question in there but it's the 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 long-term benefit which a lot of our self-insured employers look at and say yes i'm in a good spot now but that doesn't mean i'm always going to be guaranteed to be in a good spot as i go forward i want that extra security and protection
3: which i completely agree with that was not our first instance with having a laser Um, We've had a few of them in the past. We've been self-insured for probably 15, 20 years now. Um, We've always enjoyed kind of playing with our own risk, right? Health insurance, no matter what you do, it's a business. So they're out to make money. So if you have a bad year, you're going to make it up the next year in whatever your renewal number is. Whereas if you go the self-insured route, you can control more of that, more of what's going to happen. You control more of what your expense is going to look like. So we've been doing it for many years. This was not our first time that we received a laser, um, so part of the part of the draw for moving into pareto was the theory that you won't have those lasers anymore. Um, we run a really you know a pretty high stop loss We're at two hundred thousand, so we're taking a lot of the risk on the back side. But it was very nice to know that we were not going to continue to see those lasers coming in the future. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So we're in San Diego, Uh, we're here at the members meeting. A big part of this is talking through cost containment uh, and what programs we can do as a group to lower our health insurance costs. Uh, You two are sitting with us because you are very innovative on that front. Um, What are some things that you can share with a group that you've done from a cost containment perspective that's worked really well?
2: I think one of the things that we've had in place for quite some time already has been um, a wellness program. So we've had a wellness program that our employees and their spouses are able to participate within. And um, we really encourage the preventive wellness in that. We give them points for doing those things. We want to pay them money. We actually have them come in and do a health risk assessment and pay them money to come in and do those with us too. um, Just because we feel like it's really about um, the early detection and trying to catch things as early as possible. Um, We also, with mental health, I know that was mentioned earlier today as being um, one of the quicker, rising um, claims for everybody. We've just had a really robust wellness program that we've been fortunate to build on top of the last
3: two years.
1: Okay. Is that?
3: Um, we actually, we enrolled in Quantum when it first came out. Um, it was a little rocky at the beginning, but I feel like we are in a much better place than we were initially, um, which has been great. The other piece is we did roll out cancer care as well. So over the last year, we've seen um, we've seen some results and returns on that. Um, I want to get more information on it Uh, i'm hoping to talk to them while we're here this this week Um, the other piece that you know we're probably a little unconventional in this theory but we get to know our employees and we have that one-on-one connection with them and those communications so i'm constantly paying attention to where my claims are at and who it is that's driving them and then we can have those conversations and those people are willing to talk to us so that we can help direct them in the correct way right there's it's very personal. Health insurance. Your health is very, very personal to every individual. And when I call a number and I talk to someone that I've never met, and they're trying to tell me how to to run a system or program that's going to impact my health, I'm going to question that. But when I'm able to talk to people that I know, that I've built relationships with, and they're telling me these people can help me, and they're walking me through that, and they're holding my hand as I move through it, and they're, you know. I touch base with my employees that are going through things. I've got employees that are going through cancer right now. I just had a conversation on the phone with one of them the other day asking them how it was going. How were their treatments going? Are they getting the response that they need from the teams that we have in place from these programs and systems so that I'm getting feedback on both sides and we're able to kind of drive results and hopefully contain costs because we have those relationships.
0: You're both employee centric. Right, you've you've worked really hard to eliminate the barrier, or and I've you've heard me use the expression before, the friction between employer and employee. Um, can you can you share with some of whether it's communication or outreach programs or engagement that you've done with maybe some of leadership folks, uh, but the employees to help them understand that they need to buy in, they need to lean in, and this is a collective effort.
2: Yeah, I can take that one. Um, we do every year, our open enrollment meetings in person. So we're not just giving them materials and say, hey, read this pick what's best for you. Good luck with that. Um, you know, we really are educating them throughout the year. And it's not just at open enrollment. So um, we have different touch points throughout the year, we have a weekly blog that goes out from our HR department. And there's always a tip in there about benefits. And um, we offer benefits over breakfast sessions. Um, I think that's on a quarterly basis, we usually try to have um, a speaker come in from one of our partners that will talk more about our programs that we have so trying to keep getting those faces and names put together so that the employees are more comfortable when it does become that time to have to call and say hey trust us you know these are great people that are here for you too Um, but they've been able to make those different connections throughout the time so that when that scary time in their life happens they are more comfortable making that outreach
3: we've done a lot of employee service how do you like to see things? How do you want to be communicated with? And we like to do them blind. We don't want people to feel like they can't provide us with the answers or the information because it could be tied back to them. But we take the feedback that they give and then we, we make it actionable. And we'll call it out. We have newsletters that we do. We send out emails. Um, we have, you know, clearly, websites and all of those kinds of information. A lot of it goes out through our HRIS as well. We have a full training platform. So we're creating the trainings, we're communicating with them, we're taking the feedback that they are providing, and then we're taking action on it and we're making sure that they know that. Um, we found that that's been very important to our employees. If you don't take action on their feedback, they're going to stop providing it. Um, So we do our open enrollment, we do in person. We've been doing webinars as well for those who can't make it. Um, And then we rolled out, it's called Jelly Vision, and it's a little interactive AI guide that walks you through the program. It will look at your situation individually. And we've had great feedback and response on that. People seem to really love that they can go through their individual, what are my expenses going to be? How should I plan for the future? Because you don't always get that chance to sit down one-on-one with someone. You know, some people will come forward and they'll ask, and we can sit down and run through a full scenario. But others do prefer that platform where they can do it on their own.
1: So leaving the captive aside for a second, hiring, um, we find the marketplace today, hiring, good talent, keeping good talent is difficult in today's landscape. Are you all doing anything or can you speak about that from your perspective?
3: We have been very focused on employee engagement, um, retention, I think is more important than the hiring side, right? Why do you want to lose good people? when the potential on the backside, you know, I guess the evil you know is better than the evil that you don't know.
0: they're trained, they're, right, right.
3: yep. Um, And it makes your workplace a happier place when your employees are engaged and they enjoy what they're doing. So um, this year we rolled out specifically, we're doing quarterly recognition and we're picking full populations. So for example, we did quarterly recognition on our maintenance side in first quarter and we sent out swag, we had shirts and hats and we did full breakfast spreads they did recognition at the site level we text blasted all of our customers letting them know that it was you know a recognition and appreciation day for this particular group if you see them tell them thank you you know give them a high five whatever it is Um, we put it into our newsletters we also put it across social media platforms so that we could really recognize those individuals and then we did individual recognition of people as well Um, we've been highly focused on feedback. So we do it clearly verbally, but electronically as well. Um, I was sitting down with an employee the other day. It was interesting because they had a thank you card that I had written them. Nothing big, just, you know, thank you for putting together you know the holiday party for this last year. And that meant the world to this employee that I would take the time to personally write out a thank you card and drop it in the mail. Um, So that's been more focused than hiring side probably clearly we've been pushing wages and minimums and there's been a lot that's happening on that side as well Um, but it's so hard to find employees right now and especially to find good employees that we're focusing much more on the retention than hiring I don't think anybody's
2: exempt from the hiring challenges that we're all in I think all industries are in it you know everybody's in that same boat so um, we're all trying different things and trying to figure out really what's working what's not working and um i agree it's, it's definitely on the retention side so you know just trying to keep those great employees that we have and not losing them to competitors so um we're seeing most of our turnover in that three to five year mark is where they seem to leap and so we're trying to find out more ways how can we keep them more better engaged at that earlier standpoint in their careers and um, looking at career development opportunities, we've always had a lot of different development opportunities, but trying to get more structured in that, um, so that they can see those avenues and not have to come up with their own or have their manager, that may or may not be a great coach for them, to help coach them through that process. They can take that initiative in their own hands. Um, but truly, yeah, the, the simple things go such a long way. The handwritten thank yous, people just don't do that anymore. So when you do things like that or even just saying a simple thank you, um, it just truly really goes a long way for being that small, specific, on-spot recognition um, is huge.
0: So you guys are inventive. Um, it's clear that you will try things. It's also clear that your mind is open, that some things might work and, and you stick with them, some things might not. You pivot. Um, you have good guidance and and advice and support um so i'm leading the witness here but do you happen to work with a broker or do you happen to work with a consultant
3: this is based off of the earlier meeting Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) i'm going to say that we work with a partner um, in that um, we're with diversified and we've been with them for probably eight or nine years now and we're a little crazy, I'm, you know, we're in everything. Um, sane
0: is boring. Yeah. <laughs> sane, sane is
3: very boring. And so, you know, they've taken that crazy and they understand it and they run with us. It doesn't matter, you know, how insane we want to get. I was mentioning earlier that for one year, our owner didn't like the renewal that we got. And so he decided that he would purchase our stop loss or our reinsurance. So, you know, I sold him reinsurance for I think 300,000 less than it was gonna cost us that year. Um, Almost had a heart attack four or five times that year which would have really impacted what he made. Um, But he did come out a winner and in the end we got a much better renewal the next year. Um, But Diversified has worked with us through all of those situations. Like what can you bring to the table that's unique, that's very forward thinking, cutting edge because we're willing to try it. If it's something that can Better the plan, better the program, better the offerings, reduce the costs. Let's talk about it.
2: Now I'm not going to say that just be, this answer, just because our consultant is in the room, but we truly do have a great partner in the Insurance Center, and Garrett Drew um, just won the Apex Award this morning. So um, kudos to him for that. But. Um, we've been with the Insurance Center for quite a few years and they've really just taken the time to understand us and what our goals are and what we can do. Um, they push us. They keep us on their toes. They give us some ideas. Sometimes we're like, what are you thinking? <laughs> you know, I don't know if we're ready for that, but it's sometimes planting the seed and then we'll keep going forward with that. Um, you know, maybe in a year or two, but maybe the time isn't quite right right now. But we truly have appreciated their partnership and they're getting to know us, and that's just really helped us to keep our benefits package elevated to the level that we're at and will keep us growing and going forward in the future.
0: So, one of the things we do at the members' meetings is um, introduce new or uh, new cost containment risk management or revisit programs that are working for other folks. Uh, Whether it's something that the captain provides or something else, do you have anything on the drawing board? that you plan to do at your next renewal over the next 12 months?
3: Nothing specific at this point, just kind of theories. Um, Had an interesting conversation about how high deductible health plans are not necessarily the right way. So it's bringing back that theory of PPOs and traditional healthcare and is that, is it time to pivot? And start looking back at that, and instead directing care to specific locations based off of cost containment controls, and um, you know, I don't know. Is it just is it time to look at a change? My brain has been stewing over this one for a couple of months now, so it's something that I want to dive into before we get to renewal. But I don't have any specific plans at this point.
0: Right, and eliminating (laughs) a barrier, right, is the theme of it. Yep. Okay, so we can edit yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like, this, right? I can't read is, what you're putting This is cheating. This <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> a cue card. I <laughs> psychiatry okay. network. Them, you mode? should tell them about what <laughs> you're doing good. with your psychiatry network.
2: Absolutely, I can do that. <laughs> so, um, well, the answer before I had the cue card. I'll start there first, and then I'll come back. I'll pause <laughs> those so I can get it in there. um No, truly, the the... A couple of things that we're looking to is just we we did implement so many different new things this year so i really would love to just take the time to really promote and educate more on what we are doing um, instead of like oh let's start with something more on top of this year and keep piling on top of it but um you know specialty meds for all of us are a huge pain point as well so keeping on looking at that what can we do with that if if there's any changes that we can make but um but truly for us um, the mental health has been a huge challenge and so um, as i mentioned before we added in corporate chaplains into our environment about two years ago and so they round and they do the daily um, rounding within each of our branches and then the next level of the cake I call I called like a three, three-tiered cake um, but we went with an eap that has a more robust eap program they can offer some in-person counseling virtual counseling or they can come on site and do some different counseling um, but the third layer that we're added um, with the help of the insurance center here he's um they've really advocated to help get it as part of our network Um, is just for those really serious mental health um, challenges that people have, how can we get them better connected to an expert and get them quickly connected so that they can get to a a resolution instead of here's some drugs and throw the drugs at it and then nothing ever improves, their life does not improve. Um, So looking at some different ways that they can really truly make a difference in their life and maybe it's a short term pain, but they get those resources, they get them more quickly and then they can get to their best self again
0: it's it's so important that the data uh, has shown for the last couple of years but is concrete in how interconnected mental health and mental health challenges are to overall well-being and overall um, health status plan costs Um, so it's great that you're taking those those initiatives and um, kudos to the insurance center for um their sponsorship today thank you
1: cam i think this is your first meeting at least i know you've been to a few but can you guys talk a little bit about maybe from your perspective what you're looking forward uh to for the members meeting and maybe from your perspective you know where has it been valuable um to you
2: so I actually came to Nashville last year as a prospective member and I really loved the energy and all the different sharing and things like that that took place last year. Um, and I love continuing that now as a, a member this year. So um, last year as a perspective that was the driving force to push me over to be like yes this is the way to go is kind of like I really don't know you know yet and, and to come and see it in person and to network with everybody was really beneficial um, just to be able to have that opportunity to learn more about it. but. Um, truly all the members here and learning from each other is, is the most valuable thing I think about the conference and getting those connections. So we can see and hear the different challenges that we're all having. And like, if anybody is coming up with anything, that's a, 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 good solution for that, that we can maybe take back to our organization is, is help
3: very tremendously helpful. I like that every year there are new programs that come out. So I continue to come back to hear what it is that, you know, Pareto's put out there on the table to help with cost containment or to improve outcomes for, the population inside of the group Um, so that's that's why i I like the analytical side of it how do we make things better and you guys are going to the work of finding it for us and we don't have to which i appreciate because i don't think that that's necessarily something that is really popular in the health insurance world you know it's more about how do we make a buck versus how do we come out with the best patient outcomes and the best care options um, all at a a reasonable price so to speak but I guess reasonable is relative when you talk about health insurance
0: no I and fully agree and um, we can spend a lot of time and maybe should spend a little bit more time but if you analyze the, the share prices of the large insurance companies uh, people in the healthcare space they are doing exceptionally well um, and it's unfortunate that so much of the business is built on the continuous the continuation of uh, less than ideal health right? Maybe that, i don't know if that's political enough a way of, of saying it but i'm trying uh, is there anything whether it's captive related health care related health insurance related uh, you know one nagging thing that might keep you up at night
2: for me the thing that i kind of keep coming back to is just the cost of prescriptions and that there's no controls over that um that would be something where there's all these partners trying to do different things and it's just like it would be really great to see that go to like an advocacy level where we can go and make impactful change as a country (laughs) you know it's it's really unfortunate to see our claims at the top of the list year after year after year and just like it's the same conditions it's the same prescriptions it's the same everything so why is it so much more expensive here in the u.s you know just because of where we live so um, that would be a component that i think would be really interesting add um big month decline, um, but it's just is one of those things where it's just like, instead of all of us trying to reinvent the wheel, like how can we band together to try to make a difference?
0: It's not just where we live, it's also where the pharmaceutical executives, live. <laughs> there are certain lifestyles we need to yeah. keep accustomed to.
3: My answer is the same, yep. prescription drug costs. You know, it's You're playing with people's lives, and you do a great job of putting a dollar number on that, which I think is crazy, right? There's a value to every individual and in what they can provide or put back, um, and when you start saying, "Well, you know, this is worth this just because," um, it makes it makes people feel worth less, um, and it makes it very hard, especially from an employer standpoint, when you're sitting there and you're looking at you guys just talked about this, you know, hemophiliac drug, and you know, two million, two and a half million, it changes someone's life, right? But as an employer, now you've got to swallow that cost. But did the drug, you know, what merits two and a half million dollars? I don't know.
0: Yeah, certainly not the R&D, nor the production costs, right? It's yeah. the, yes, there's there's unfortunately lots of things out there and it is a tireless game of whack-a-mole. Yeah, um,
3: it's a great ROI. It is a phenomenal
0: <laughs> ROI, yeah. Um, speaking of the captive, just for a second, has there been any I don't want to say unintended benefit or, or consequence, but any pleasant surprises where you thought you were getting, you know, this is part of the community or, or part of the program or the structure, um, but there was a pleasant surprise in there.
3: I don't know if I'm answering your question or if I'm kind of going off on the side, but it's been very pleasant to me to learn about and meet the other people inside of the group, um, to find that they're like-minded individuals that maybe we're not quite as crazy as we seem, or are there are other people that are inside of that level of crazy with us, um, that have the same goals when it comes to healthcare, um, that, that are trying to find that that balance between meeting employees' needs and still making it something that an employer can afford to provide.
1: And then expanding on that before, I, I think from our perspective, it gives the employer's confidence, uh, where you see everyone else doing it and you, you say to yourself, if they're doing it, I can do it, um, which is just unique in this marketplace.
3: Yeah. And other people are trying. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. You're not the only one fighting this battle. Yep, you're exactly. not alone. Other people feel the same way. So that's been nice.
0: Yeah. And And we talked about before, you're trying, which you're going to fail successfully on some stuff, right? You're going to learn lessons and you're going to say, okay, regroup. And now I'm going to do it differently and I'm going to do it better with a better understanding of what I need to do.
2: I'll, I'll be transparent, we've we looked at a captive model previously before coming to Pareto and it just to me did not seem like the right fit for us. Um, so there's a lot of different models that are out there um, but it's just really truly finding what's gonna be working best for you. Um, so the thing that I've appreciated most with the Pareto model is just the cost containment metric measures and metrics that are in here. Um, the other one that we were looking at it was just like just come and join in there and that was my biggest play I saw right away was well, we have this wellness program. We're trying to do these different things to try to keep our costs down. What What do you have? We don't have any requirements. And so for me, I was oh, right at that point in time because I'm like, we're trying all kinds of things. So it's just like, if we have a great claims experience year over year over year, you know, what benefit do we get of being a part of this captive? So, um, so all of us working together on those same things just to keep making it better is um, is, is is a great thing. with them.
0: Anything that you would say um, to a employer out there that is considering going self-insured or considering joining a captive, and if they're smart enough or fortunate enough to learn of Pareto,
3: <laughs> just that I think it's the right decision, um, unless you want to be one of those people who continues to make those returns and the dividends for the insurance carriers even bigger. Um, You've got to take that first step of doing something to make a change, um, and I think it's the right thing to do until enough groups or everyone finally stands up and says enough is enough, we're going to continue down the same path. And I would just say, don't be afraid to do it. Um, I think it is a
2: little bit of a daunting idea at first to, to go um, self-insured, but with the captive with Pareto, especially you guys have it where you've got all the programs and the partners vetted, um, so there is no wrong decision. I don't think out of who you have in the mix of who's available to be your partners, they're all great partners. So it's just as a matter of finding out which partners work best for you, um, your plan design, your TPA, like wh- who are your best partners, and you find that best fit for you, and then um, and then it will all be a great experience, and then being a part of the captive will help you with that the stop loss piece of it so you know that part that could be so volatile for a small organization um it really opens the door for a lot of smaller um employers to be able to have stop as an option where they maybe didn't see it as an option before
0: and it's uh, it's great to hear that both of your comments or suggestions to other employers are focused on your health plan improvement controlling costs the future of your employees stop loss is included but it's the fourth or fifth item that you ticked off right and, and we take a lot of um pride in, and and um, there's a lot of pride in, in us that we're moving that needle for you so thanks for thanks for sharing really appreciate uh you being here today kim and lisa thanks so much for taking the time uh, and also on behalf of pareto and your fellow members thanks for all the efforts you're putting into control costs and be leaders thank you
3: Thanks for listening to today's episode of 8020 with Pareto Health. We love hearing from you. If you have a question or an episode suggestion, please drop us an email at 8020 at paretohealth.com. That's 8020 at paretohealth.com. Dive deeper into 8020 by visiting us at ParetoHealth.com slash podcast. Lastly, make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify so you don't miss an episode.